Welcome back to the Wonders here, everybody. Uh, today we're going to be talking leadership with some of our stronger female leaders in the Navy. Today, uh, we got a little taste from every pay grade. Uh, we even got a retiree on board uh, to talk to us about the glamorous life of actually getting out of the Navy. But you know, in her time in, she did some great leadership stuff as well. Um, so it's your boy Keith. Um, Shannon's still out doing God's work. She'll be with us shortly. Uh, but I just want to uh, allow our panel to go ahead and introduce themselves. Uh, so we'll start off with you, Boats. Go ahead. I am to Brazil, BM2. Um, I like to go by Char. I've been in for years. Um, I had to work on Fork Man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ari, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. My name is Ariana. I go by Ari. Um, I am a QM1. I've been in the Navy for it'll be 14 years in October. Uh, this is my, uh, I think, sixth command. Yeah, I'm almost done. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tina, what you got for the people? Hello. I am Tina, uh, QMC type. Been in the Navy 17 years. Next month, um, I've been through so many commands, I don't even remember. But I guess the uh, big thing is that I've deployed eight times. Lord have mercy. Godly. Thank you for your service. (laughs) (laughs) I did a lot of sea duty because I wanted to make chief real bad. (laughs) I applaud applaud you. We're going to have a whole other topic about that. Anyway. Lord have mercy. Uh, but uh, on top, um, I seen a, a member of the panel. We call her um, Rich Auntie, aka Big okay. Money, uh, <laughs> aka Commander Retired. Go ahead, introduce yourself to the people, please, Nicole. Hi everyone, I'm Nicole, and as Keith alluded, I'm recently retired. I did 30 years. Ten of them were enlisted time. Uh, 20 as a supply corps officer. Uh, lots of commands, lots of experiences. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and kick it with y'all on this part of the evening. Yes, ma'am. That's a lovely commander. Mm. Dirty. Golly. <laughs> I know you ain't talking with eight deployments. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> all right. Hey, let's get into it. So uh, greatly appreciate all y'all joining us uh, tonight on the 1MC. Um, so um, impact on, on leadership. Um, of course, all of you uh, have dealt uh, with several types of leaders, um, specifically uh, female leadership, female to female leadership. Uh, what impact has uh, specifically female leadership um, has that had on you coming up through the ranks? Um, uh, Ari, we'll, we'll start off with you. Uh, female leadership coming up through the ranks, what impact has that had on you? Um, to be honest with you, 100%, I have not had a lot of female leaders. Um, the ones that I have come in contact with, they wasn't the most pleasant people. Um, however, you know what I'm saying? Like growing up in the Navy and being where I am now, I kind of understand why they were not so pleasant. Um, but some of the things that, you know, they've done, I, I didn't, I still don't understand, but I haven't had a whole lot of female leaders. My, the most interaction I had with female leadership was on this deployment that I just got back from. That was literally the most female interaction I've ever had in the Navy because I cross-rated from ABF, which is mostly men and especially leadership. They, it's, 
ran by men. It's like a mechanical job, so I don't have a lot of female interaction. What do you feel about that, though, as far as male-dominated race? So the Navy is made up of approximately 20% female, right? Mm-hmm. So as of 2020, uh, there's 341,000 people in the Navy, you know, only 20 of them. 20% of them are female, about 11,000 of them are officers, about 60K are enlisted. Um, what do you, how do you feel about having a, a lack of representation with female leadership coming up through these, you know, male-dominated uh, jobs? I feel like, um, I feel like it's very hard, uh, especially being a woman in leadership. Um, a lot of, uh, it's, it's hard. I, I found it hard for men to be able to sometimes accept that a woman may be better than you. Um, yeah. That was a lot of my issue. This deployment, I had a lot of issues. Um, like with a man, I like I literally I came into the work center right on my because I'm I'm newly rated QM. I I came I became a QM in 2016, and I went to my first ship only for a year. Because I was going to HYT as ABF. So I only went there for a year, picked up QM2. Then I went to shore duty, went there for three years, picked up QM1. And then I went to the ship that I'm on now. So I literally have zero experience being a QM, like almost none. So I've done a couple of underways. This was my first time. And this, the, the chief that I had, it was a female and let me tell you oh my god it, it was i do and and i i don't know if this is going to be appropriate but i want to say i do feel like culture has something to do with things also because i feel like sometimes people don't understand that we have cultural differences like as black people we talk to each other differently than maybe another culture would you know what i'm saying and some people don't understand that and we have a lot of passion for the things that we do. When we care about something, we care about it a lot. And so it comes mm-hmm. off like people like to label it as aggression. And it's not necessarily right. It's not necessarily that. It's just the fact of if I'm going to put my name on something, it's going to be good. It's not going to be no mess. It's Period. not going to be no mess. So, baby. What? Yes. And so with that, when I came in right from my last ship, being a QM3, I was a work center supervisor. You know what I'm saying? I was training people. I was doing a lot of stuff, right? Because I'm, I like to put, you know, a lot behind my name. I like to make myself undeniable. And so whenever, you know, I went to this ship, I came in, right? And um, QMC, no, we don't have a lot of maintenance. We don't have a lot of maintenance, nah. right? We, nah. have, we have a few checks <laughs> here and there. You know what I'm saying? A couple big ones. But most of the time it's valves and toilets and Maybe, you know what I'm saying, some some doors if you work in a, a certain space. But other than that, it's not a lot. So I come in, and they pull up the work center. And I know, being in the Navy for almost 14 years, I know maintenance and D.C., them the two things that's going to get you to the top. That's the only thing the Navy care about. The Navy care about maintenance and D.C. more than they care about the people. Yep. So if you're going you know what I'm saying, if you to take initiative to do anything, those are going to be the things that's going to set you apart from a lot of other people because people don't want to get involved with that stuff because there's too much accountability involved. So, mm-hmm. so with that, I looked at their work center, right? That's the first thing. When I came here, I said, I know I'm going to be the work center supervisor because the, these people, these, you know, the QM community, they don't have a lot of involvement in maintenance because they don't have a lot of maintenance. But I came from a maintenance rate, ABF. I was the ABF. And so, I, you know what I'm saying? I knew what maintenance was. I knew it. I was good at it. And so I came in, you know, and there was another QM1. And so, you know, the whole idea was, hey, you know, the, the work center soup 
don't have to stand watch. All right, cool, right? I'm just, I'm coming in and I'm just flowing. I'm going with the flow. And so I look at the work center and we got red checks. I said, okay, so if he not on the watch bill and he supposed to be the personal supervisor, why do we have red checks? If he, if this is his only job, I'm not understanding that. And so they was like, oh, well, you know, we don't know. We pushed it back. Okay, well, that just shows that there's no leadership involvement because if y'all got red checks, that's not good. Yeah, so so QMC, I'm gonna need you to hop in. So you know, luckily, uh, we got two QMs on the line, right? So, <laughs> so mm-hmm. Tina, being a QMC, eight deployments in, uh, what's your input on on, on what Ari's going through? Male dominated rate, they feel like they can do the job better than her. She know the DC and the three M, but you know they know the rate better. What's your thoughts when you get sailors like that as a leader, oh. as a chief? So honestly, I've actually had this experience. Um, when I went to my ship where I actually made chief at. So it was basically the entire uh, work center was males, but our work center suit was actually an OS because they weren't doing what they were supposed to. And she was a female, but they did not respect her at all. One, she's an OS coming in to take over our work center understandably so, I guess. But if you were doing what the hell you were supposed to, then someone else would not have had to come in and do what you should already be doing. So they gave her a really hard time, and I had to set them all down. I'm like, listen, I know you're not used to having female leaders. I know you are uh, you don't really respect female leadership. I said, however, comma, I am here, she is here, and you are going to respect us. Point mm-hmm. blank, period. I said, or you will be held accountable. Absolutely. That's it. That's it. It's it's really accountability. Like sometimes you gotta break break it down to people like, yo, what you're not gonna do is you're not gonna disrespect me because you're gonna give me the same respect that you would a male. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They don't, because I don't care what I don't care what nobody says, sexism is very prominent yeah. in the Navy yeah, still absolutely. to this day. Really Extremely prominent. Females do not get the same respect as males. And if nope. a female stands up for herself, you're being, especially if you're an African-American female, oh, you're mm-hmm. an angry black woman. Yep, absolutely. Yep. I have that. I'm literally dealing with I that right now. Yep. When I came <laughs> in, I said, if this would have been a man coming in here telling y'all to fix this, he would have just been a go-getter, all type of stuff. Now I'm called troublesome because I'm coming in here and speaking to y'all about what's going on here. If it's not right, it's not right. It's not right. It's it, not it, right. it needs to be squared away. Absolutely. There's no reason a QM check goes red unless you're in the yard period. That Absolutely. is the only reason a check for a quartermaster should go red. And then you should put it in layup. Exactly. You should not. There should be no red checks because you can you can mitigate that. You can put them in specific codes so that they don't. You know what I'm saying? Like it just it, it for me it was just kind of like you know it was the the bragging right because the the female chief right she's very very you know timid and very non confrontational right and I feel I know in the navy you can't be like that as a woman because that's not going to really get you what you need because. Yeah, she may, but honestly, to be honest, she's a great QM. I'll never take that from her. She's a great QM. However, she's a terrible, terrible. She had no, no say so. And then the thing about it is another thing that I feel like it's going, I'm going to go off topic a little bit. I feel like people in the Navy now is, it doesn't take what it used to take to make rank. It doesn't like the fact that she made chief in seven years I feel like it's going to be hard for her to develop sailors because she's still in the developmental phase herself. 
Like okay. you have to, you have to be able to give these people guidance. But if you're still, you know what I'm saying, looking for stuff, either you have to go out there and get the guidance that you need, and not be afraid to ask for it, and be afraid to fail, or you're gonna fail your people. And I would, you know what I'm saying, I would go talk to other chiefs, male chiefs, you know, and and officers and everybody I could talk to to try to get some guidance on how to deal with this woman. Because again, she's culturally different than me. So when I talk to her, I have to try to figure out and filter what she's going to take as respect and disrespect because I can't go to her and be like, yo, chief, this is fucked up. Or sorry, I'm so sorry. Chief, this is messed up. You know what I'm saying? Blah, blah, blah. Because she might take that as aggressive. And it's not really aggressive. It's just I'm trying to get my point across as as transparently as possible because I don't want you to misunderstand or do circles that you don't have to do. I want to tell you point A to point B, this is what needs to happen. And she wasn't going for it. And so the male leadership, you know what I'm saying? For now, it's like their idea is you just have to wait it out. And it's like, what? You see her doing wrong, right? A master chief. I went to talk to a master chief. He said, you just got to wait it out. I said, so so you're going to let her chief at the detriment of her sailors? Yeah, that's not that's not cool. That's not cool yeah. at all. What's the uh, what's the cultural difference since that you're, you're discussing? What, what's so different culturally that if you came up to and said, hey, chief, this is fucked up. Like, you know, we can curse on you. Okay, cool. It's, it's explicit, right? Um, <laughs> so the say, thing is, if I came to you, up. Yeah. if I came to you and said, Warren, this fucked up, this what I need, this what I need to happen, you know what I'm saying, blah, 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 you're going to understand that that's not me being aggressive or being disrespectful. That's just how we communicate, right? But if I go to somebody who is not of the African-American culture, you know what I'm saying? They might be like, oh my goodness, like, mm. you know, why are you doing No, no, you know no, 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 I'm going to stop right there. I was going to say, Commander. And I was going to say, matter of fact, let me, uh, I'm going to let Nicole, I'm going to let Nicole take this one. We're going to wrap around to you here shortly, folks, because I definitely want to get your take on this. <laughs> we're going to let Big Money, uh, I'm going to let Big Money, uh, Nicole, right. take, big, take big this money, one. Auntie. Big Money, Auntie. Big Money, Okay, go ahead, take this I'll one for us. This. So, yes, there are cultural differences, absolutely. Um, but there are also people who, who do get it. But I'll tell you right now that I know Asians, African-Americans, and Caucasians that you cannot walk up to and say, hey, yo, chief, this is fucked up. Because it's, it's beyond their religion boundaries. It's beyond their character. It's beyond, and that's all races. So when you go to approach someone, you approach them at their level. So I'm not saying you have to come with her culture or how she understands or whatever. However, in communication, all communication, um, you want to approach it such that there's a level playing ground. A lot of times when you're trying to get and accomplish and gain results, you want to, as much as possible, and as hard as it is sometimes, you want to leave the emotion out of it. Because your objective is to get to that end game. Your objective is to get that red off of there to understand why the hell this division is not accomplishing what they're supposed to be accomplishing. And you know they're supposed to be doing this. And they're they're just not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So communication, your communication is, it, it, it can get difficult. Um, however, you got to know your audience. And as you come up the ranks, that comes into play even more so. You have to know your audience. When I'm talking to my girlfriends, I'm much different. When I saw Tina this weekend, 
I was much different than who yeah. I will, who I was on my uh, meeting this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm two different, and I'm not saying I'm two different people, but there's right. You got to flip a switch. Yeah, well, my well, my buddy calls it. He calls it code switching. But no, no, no. So my buddy calls it something. It sounds kind of derogatory, so don't take it this way. Because we had a whole conversation. He calls it shooking and jiving, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, so and he uses it. He uses it in a very derogatory way, right? Mm-hmm. But the overarching theme to that is you can't be in front of the CEO briefing him or her the same way you're hanging out with your people on the block. It don't work like that. So yes, me as a warrant officer, I don't care, right? Mm-hmm. If, so, if a sailor comes up to me and say, hey, Warren, that shit fucked up, I'd be like, man, what do we do to fix it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but if you go to your chief, Ari, and, and she is, you know, timid, you know, passive-aggressive, whatever you want to call it, and she's, like, taken aback by you approaching her like that and she shuts down, mm-hmm. I really feel like it's important that, you know, you take a step back and say, okay, I can't communicate to her effectively like that. Yeah, so, all right, so, so wrapping it up, um, obviously, the interaction – you've had with your current chief or um, used to be chief uh, as a QM, uh, it doesn't sound like it's one of the best experiences you've had. Oh, no. Wise, right? No, so, it's not. So, to, you know, to put a bow on this, how would you be if you was the chief, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really quickly, so so we can get the votes. Uh, if you was the chief, how would you do it different? How would you be more effective as the chief if you was the QMC in that situation? And you had a I'm going to call it spade a spade. You are aggressive. Like, goddamn. Like, you aggressive. So, you, I'm, I'm a black dude. You aggressive. I'm telling you that. You <laughs> I don't so, think I'm aggressive. I think I'm hey, just listen. very passionate. Okay. Whatever you want to call it. Passionate, aggressive, Debo, whatever. Same thing. <laughs> same, same, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm aggressive, right? I, I know I'm aggressive. I'm a personality through and through, right? Mm-hmm. Straight, full speed ahead. I'm telling you, you aggressive. So knowing that, right, if you was a passive aggressive leader and you had this bulldog on your ass every day, how would you handle that? What do you do? If I had a female to female, right? She's mm-hmm. a female chief. You got a female first class and every day she think you can do she can do your job better than you. Mm-hmm. That's what I that's what I hear, right? You can do her job better than her. No, I can't do her job better than her. I feel like I have better leadership skills, maybe, but I don't feel like I could do her job. Well, like, what's the chief job? What's the chief job to do what? Okay. Lead. Well, maybe I probably could chief <laughs> better than her, but I can't be no QM better than her. I'll tell you that. But if I were, I, I think the thing is presence, right? And empowering your your person that you have in, in, in place for a reason, right? If, mm-hmm. if I'm a chief, right, everything is going through my LPO. If my LPO need me, let me know. I'm here. I'm I'm your bulldog. I can't wait till you go through season. Oh my god! Listen, that's <laughs> look, that's if I make it there. Cause I'm at this point, I'm gone at twenty. I'm not I'm doing gonna, nothing. Day one and twenty, I gotta go. You gonna make but you gonna be crying and shit. I just, oh you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I just feel like I would be a lot. You know what I'm saying. I I understand that it's hard to be a chief. It don't because no, no you know, getting a first class is hard, but. Especially a junior chief, like she's a. If you're saying yeah. that she's a seven-year seven chief, mm-hmm. she needs to be leaning very heavily on her mess to, right. to build her up. And if she doesn't have the humility to do so, then that's a problem. I tell my sailors all the time, like the ones that are in leadership position, you cannot lead from behind the desk. Mm-hmm. You gotta get about the deck plates. You can't lead from behind the desk. Mm-hmm. 
Chief, don't nobody in the Chief Smiths really know who she is. When I tell them her name, they be like, who's that? Yeah, you know what? That ain't your job to worry about that, though. That no, 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 I know that. that. But what I'm saying is I was looking for guidance on how to go about this situation. And they, you know what I'm saying? Because normally Chiefs have experience with Chiefs and they have relationships. And so they, you know, maybe trying to guide me and say, okay, well, this is kind of maybe her personality or this is maybe how you should probably go about that. Nobody knew her. Nobody knew how to get to her. I tried to pass away. It didn't work. I got you. So just to wrap that up, um, what you're going to learn is um, they're different type of leaders. Mm-hmm. You're going to have people that you can relate to, and there's going to be some people that you can't. And whether that be male, female, right? It, it don't matter, right? Mm-hmm. And I can tell you right now, I'm dealing with the same thing, but in reverse, right? In mm-hmm. the exact opposite, right? Uh, I got a female chief right now. Nicest, like, nicest person you ever meet, right? Mm-hmm. Humble, quiet, uh, works hard, but I'm an A personality, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm a dog, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I know for a fact, you know, mm-hmm. I overshadow her, you know, I'm still playing chief in some areas. Like, I want to have the last word. Um, <laughs> I, I can't help it. Like, you know, Humility I, got, I, got, I got that dog in me, like, no. Like fuck that, like you know. Really? <laughs> no, not like that's a poodle, you know. What I'm <laughs> but I can't, I can't help it, you know what I'm saying. And in the and subconsciously, whether it's a male leader, a female leader, if I see that, I pounce. Like I can't help it. I see yeah. it, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna persuade them to do whatever I want them to do because I'm the dominant figure, right? Mm-hmm. And. When I see somebody else that's more dominant than me, guess what? You know, I can see. Mm-hmm. And I do that because I understand, you know, those roles. Every every department, every chief's mess, every ward room, mm-hmm. every association, JEA, whatever, they're going to be dominant folks. Every work center, they're going to be dominant folks. When they walk in a room and they start speaking and it's time to make a decision, Everybody's going, the majority is going to follow that person nine times out of ten. You are that person in some cases. But what you fail to realize and what I fail to realize a lot of the times is your communication that you pass gets lost in translation because of the delivery, right? Mm -hmm. The delivery of what you're trying to communicate means just as much or even more sometimes than what you're actually saying because you probably make a lot of great points when you talk to the other QM1 or chief. But guess what? It gets lost in translation because mm-hmm. you're probably being overly aggressive. And that's in any type of leadership situation, male to male, female to male, vice versa. But uh, but boats, we need to get you in here, boats. Ari out here still in the show. Sorry. Sorry. You ain't got to apologize because you sound just like me. <laughs> Boats, go ahead and give us your insight. Female leadership. So you're a Boston mate. You working in a, you know, everybody's working in a male-dominated field except Corbin. That's the only rate I really see like half and half, right? Yeah. So Boston mate, we all we already know, right? Everybody down there busting their ass, right? You a BM too. Yeah. So you in the top of the food chain as a female. She in them trenches. Yeah, she okay. in the trenches. And you work hand in hand with, with QMs, you know, on watches. Yep. I know how that works, right? Yeah. So, Give us some of your insight, female leadership, leadership in general. What have you seen? What have you experienced? What kind of feedback can you give us? So my first command, I was Marines, and um, it was male-dominant. Um, 
I can say that I had one female, uh, I had an ENT. She was the only female PO that we had there. And um, she she ran, she ran our work center. It was short duty. It was my first command working with Marines and seeing how the Marines interacted with each other. And I was like, yeah, it could be y'all disrespectful. Um, <laughs> and, but I kind of being stationed with them for three years, I see why they did what they did. But when it came to like taking care, taking care of the personnel and all that, it wasn't the family that I had in my shop. Um, like I said, once my EN2 left, I became the highest ranking female there. So, my leadership brought me up in, in the ranks. And it was like, okay, like, because I was the type of, I'm the type of person, like, don't use my gender to um, be a reason why you don't treat me the same way as my male counterparts. I've literally cried multiple times. Like, I would call my mom, like, I don't like this. I don't like how they're treating me. They're using me as a female, like, I joined because I'm a sailor. I can do the exact same thing and probably do it 10 times um, better, which I've always proved that I did because I ended up being one of the first POs against the male counterpart that they kept trying to put me against. And I felt like from the day that I went there, I had to prove myself. I had to work 10 times harder. I had to stay behind. I had to grind on my own, whereas in they were giving him the answers. And it's just like, bro, like, we, we the same rank. Like, we get the same evals. We get the same calls. Y'all are feeding him information. And I'm asking you a question. You looking at me like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. So, like, that hurt That hurt my spirits until I met, a, uh, she was an HM1 at the time. And she, seeing the biggest smile on her face, she always asked me every time she saw me come through the clinic, I always looked down or irritated. And I told her it was just like dealing with what I was going through and it was just male leadership. And one thing that when they pinned me to BM3, they all like cheered me on. I was not expecting that because they was like, you have to understand you're in a male dominant rate. You have, we're toughening you up because they're going to, poke your buttons because the first thing the moment you get upset they're going to start cracking jokes or oh she's on her cycle or she's being emotional and that they do to this day they still do that and I just have to walk off because it's just like like Ari said I can be very passionate about my job and now I'm an angry black female or I'm too (laughs) aggressive or I'm a bitch and I told them like this is one thing that I learned from a gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps. She said, there's three different types of females in, in, in the military in general. She said, you either a bitch, one that uses her gender to get what she wants, or you're a hoe. She mm-hmm. said, classified as one of them three. And she said, you know what? I would rather be that bitch because what you're not going to do is say I got somewhere because I'm a female or because I didn't fuck my way to the top. And since she said that, and that was on, um, that was in March of 2015, that has stuck with me to this day. That was Women's Appreciation Month. And I tell everybody, I would rather for you to classify me as a bitch because I work too hard for anybody to say that I didn't fuck my way to the top or somebody didn't gave it to me. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a so great take. Like, going great take. to a, from shore duty to a ship, I look back and I, I've, I'm still... Like, my first duty station, th- that's my family. Like, uh, my BMC, he's retired. My BM1 is now a BMC. I literally 
my BM2, who was my mentor, we're, we're, he's out the Navy, but he got out as a BM2. And they, they're the ones that push me. Like every time I get a new call or I get a new certification, they're the first ones. Like we know you can do this push. And like times where I feel like giving up, I literally get them. They'll call my phone. They'll send me voice messages because it's just like it's tiring. Like I told them, like it's tiring okay. having so, to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Yeah. Like it's tiring having to put on this tough facade just to be recognized or just to be able to be considered equal to my male counterparts when I know that I have just as much or maybe even more qualifications, knowledge than what they do. Like I'm a grocery me. I got to yeah. Like I tell people all the time. Y'all, like the moment of one of my BMSNs will be on a, uh doing mock evolutions, and they'd be like, Oh, use your Bolsonaro voice. And I'd be like, Ain't that about a bitch? <laughs> what, what's wrong? I said, Because when I'm talking loud, y'all are telling me that I'm loud, but yeah, <laughs> oh, he's motivated. That's what I'm talking about. He's oh, God, make yeah, it make so, sense. So let me ask and you a question. Like, let me ask when, you a question real quick. Let me ask you a ahead. question. So let me let me ask about the times when you said your your BMC, your BM2, uh folks reach out to you when you've uh I guess, you know, they've seen you frustrated, you had a bad day and such like that, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think they're doing that with the males when they have a bad day? Yes, I know they're doing it with the males. Okay. I I know because we've developed that family cohesion. This is from my first duty station. Like I know, and then even now at my current command, I know they do that, but they know I am I've I've come to terms that I'm probably gonna be one of the only female POs everywhere I go because there's not that many females. Like I literally got excited where um Bosin Levert, she's the um uh, first African American female. Oh, that's my uh, girl. She's my mentor. She is my mentor. We're both from Cleveland, Ohio. I was in Japan when I saw uh, Navy. Um, I got the clip when uh, the Navy um, magazine put her on the front. Yeah. And I was like, "This, you got to be kidding me. It is 2014, and she is the first African-American female bosun. And then I met her. And then I met her twin sister. I literally did um, BMCS retired Summer Levert. I did her, uh, not summer, um, dawn. I did her retirement ceremony pregnant, and I talk to them all the time. I literally tell them I feel like I'm thankful that they paved the way for me, but it's it's hard. Like, and I ask them all the time, "How did y'all do it? How?" Because mm-hmm. at this point, I want to give up. It was in plenty of times where I literally crossing the NC, but I'm like, I can't because they've paved this way for me. It's not going to be easy. I don't expect mm-hmm. it to be easy, but I expect to get that same damn respect that my male par- counterpart is getting. If I outcall them, give me my accolades. I've literally been, I've been a nine year, I've been in for nine and a half years. I literally am the only second class right now in my command with a work center. I am carrying all these collaterals, but I got there. It was only two BM2. It was only two. And then my BM1 now, he got mapped to BM1 from BM2. And then I had two junior person. They were all junior to me. So I'm coming from an active ship. These sailors never been out to sea. They only known the shipyard. So if I'm trying to hit the ground running to get them to where I'm at, 
to give them the knowledge that I'm at. And you're telling me to slow down and sit back and watch. Like I've done, I've done RCH levels. I've done the shipyards. I've actually deployed on a destroyer. They don't know nothing but a carrier. Being a BM, a carrier, you don't learn nothing. That's the aviation. Nope. I will tell an aviation. I will literally run circles around you. How? Because I've done the chopping chain. I've done the helo. I've done the LSE. They don't know that. Mm-hmm. So that you need to sit back and watch. And then this came from, and it's crazy because at first I couldn't stand, could not stand, could not stand my AFL. Because she was the one that said, I need to sit back. But yet I'm seeing you putting people in position. Mind you, at the time I was the most senior second class there. Most senior, but I was the baby at the command. I was not trying to step on nobody's toes nothing because I go where I need to sit back and watch. But when I see that they don't have knowledge that I do and I'm trying to give it to them and you're trying to shut me down, mm-hmm. I didn't I went to my bosun and I told him every day, I said, sir, if you don't put me in my rate, I'm going to either call the detailer or I'm going to find a way to get off this ship. Because being a BM, if you don't use the knowledge that you have, you will not retain that information because majority of the are hands-on numbers and i'm one of them baby welcome to the qm life as well yes my first two exams and they kept asking what can we do to help you send me to school the first time i took my bm2 my bm1 exam it was just to see what that exam was like second time i took that exam i cried because when i opened that i studied not i didn't see nothing in there Third time I took the this past March, they let me go to stream school and they let me go to, because uh, it was a refresher, and then they sent me to BM Super School. You know, I went from a 37.65 to a 48.11. Okay. For my test, and you want to know what they asked? What did we do? You allowed me to get that in my head. I went underway training. I trained 10 sailors. I went on an underway with the trainer. You allowed me to do my job. I can't just read from a book because if I don't see it being done, I'm not mm-hmm. going to Hands on. You yeah, actually listen. So it was just show. like, if you listen to your sailors, then yeah, you can help. But one thing that I can say is, yes, like Ari said, some of the female leadership, it is you understand why they are the way that they are, but it does suck because it was just like, don't embarrass me in front mm-hmm. of my counterparts and then you want to apologize in private. No, you embarrass me in public. I want a public apology. Mm-hmm. Nothing to me. Because at this point, now you didn't gave my male counterparts the okay to disrespect me or do anything like try to challenge me. Exactly. Downplay what I say. I am the only BM2, female BM2. I have two BM3s that are females. And like Ari said, it's a cultural difference because I am black. My other female POs are white. My AFL, she's Filipino. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I, got, I came in, everybody like, well, I asked them. I said, I've been here for 19 months. Why have I not been sent up for a board? You know what they told me? You come off ghetto. And that was No. 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 Did you hear about the EO girl? You ain't never no, heard about the EO. Oh, no, I did. I was no. talking to Bosin because most of my chain of command is black. And he was like, well, that, that's how they, they come off. And I was like, everybody else keeps getting the same second classes getting sent up. I do way more than them. I say, okay, they're running on a deck case, but I'm the departmental career counselor. I am DX40, works in a suit. If anybody knows anything damage control, that is one of the most hardest 
work centers to keep out of the red. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I said they got fluffies and all that. that. Yes, <laughs> when they said that, I went and cried because I can't believe you I'm didn't file a complaint. I did. I did. Trust me, I did. Have you followed up with it? Yes, I have. And my CEO has sat down. He was like, Boats, I know you lying. I said, sir, I would not have put that in there. I said, because if I'm like, I know about malingering and I know about slander. That would literally be slander. I said, but this is what told to me when I asked why I have not went up for the cell of the quarter board. Mm-mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. On that note. Um, they need to trade light. Yeah, that's tough, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me give oh, it that, you, it uh, gets way worse. Let me, <laughs> give, let me give it to you. Is, let yeah. me give it to you from a, a male perspective, right? Um, so I don't, I don't been at every level. I don't see, you know, junior listed. Uh, I did eight years in the Chiefs mess. Um, been in the war room for like a year and a half. Some year and some change now. Um, and working with women, uh, women right? Uh, it was a new thing when I came in. Um, dudes were uncomfortable. You know, you got to take your photos down. Um, do you help them carry the big stuff or do you say equal opportunity for everybody? You know, go ahead, carry that 50 pound box just like I did. Equal opportunity, right? You know, the jokes come out when mm-hmm. stuff like that happens, right? Um, and I'll be honest with you. Um, when I see when I see uh, female uh, co-workers, counterparts, whatever you want to call it, um, and this is probably um, not right, but I do it, right? I go above and beyond to let them know that I got their back. Probably more so than with the dudes, right? And I do it on purpose. I consciously make it a point to let them know that I'm not here to, you know, make fun of them, make jokes, um, compare them with the dudes and make them look stupid in front of the guys. I go above and beyond to let every female I work with know that, you know, I got your back. You know, we equal. We the same. I can tell you right now, most of the females I work with are a thousand times smarter than me. <laughs> better than me at my job. Uh, my homegirl who was going to be on this podcast today, she couldn't make it. Michelle, best chief I ever seen in my life. We was chiefs together. We was running together at uh, at Corey Station as instructors. Uh, when I say just the total package, like, man, I wanted to be her. Like, she was my role model. You know what I'm saying? I don't like using the word mentor. We can talk about that in a different episode. But she was she was somebody I still she she actually did my wedding, right? She was our pastor for the wedding, right? Nice. I look up to her. She she means it. She embodies everything I see in a great human being. Um, phenomenal chief, phenomenal person, right? And what I've come to find out is I latch on to females, uh, peers. You know, when I see a peer as a female. I tend to latch on to them because they just seem to be so much more grounded, easy to talk to. It's not a lot of arguing back and forth. Uh, but with dudes, it's like competition. Everything is a damn competition. I'll just be like, damn, bro, we're on the same team, bro. Oh, it's a competition yeah. with females too, trust. I mean, I get it. You know, but I'm going, you know, male and female right, right now. So, I, you know, I definitely know there's some underlying competition. <laughs> but it's just, so, it, it just, it takes me aback when I see um, males do that to females, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't see it at all. Like, as a dude, you know, we in the burden, you know, I ain't gonna you know, speak on these conversations, but 
kind of wild shit. No, please do. <laughs> oh, please we know. <laughs> please do. No, no, because you know, I know y'all got the female birthday page, and I know it get wild in there too. So don't don't add no trip. So uh-uh, we be praying. Girl, bye. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, but, but what I will say to to wrap it up and move on to the next topic as we transition that uh, you know, I definitely respect my female counterparts. Um, so anytime I see any of the stuff y'all talking about, I try my best to curb it. Because uh, I damn sure don't tolerate none of that stuff. That's um, lit. Um, and I really, really appreciate my sisters in arms. So um, uh, we're going to move on. We're going to transition on um, and talk about a few other things. Uh, some of the stuff we already covered in that last topic, like five things in one. <laughs> um, so uh, myths, um, kind of going off topic here. So just roll with me. So myths about um, serving with females, right? One of the main things, one of the main things uh, I get talked to about is going on the on the ship and going out to sea right before deployment. Right, um, females trying to get out of arduous duty. Uh, has anybody ever approached one of you guys and uh, accused you of malingering? And you know some of the things you guys talked about. Well, since you're a female, you don't want to participate in this. Um, and what are some of the uh, things you've seen from your female counterparts, whether it, you know they have been malingering or accused of it? Uh, what do you? What are some of your uh, experiences uh, dealing with that in the military? I can go first. Um, so it was on my first ship. It was my first and only deployment. Um, I actually had a sailor who was experiencing depression, and she kept telling us, "Oh, I ain't gonna make deployment. I'm gonna be pregnant." And we thought she was joking. Yeah. Oh, she got off the ship because she was pregnant. She's just like, um, girl, are you going to do that eighteen year bid over nine months? Okay, but like listening to her now that I am a mom, I can understand where she was coming from because she was dealing with a lot mentally. She should never went under our. She should have never went underway with us for group sale. She should have been put on a stay behind list to get the help that she needed. And knowing everything now versus then, yes, I was mad at her because I was just like, man, are you serious? You're literally one of the reasons why we get talked the way that we talk. Mm-hmm. I said, but now that I understand what happened and what was going on mentally, I wouldn't blame her. But at the same time, you can't stick me with a child for 18 years. I would rather do deployment and come back but listening to her portion listening to why she did it and the reasons it's her life it's her life yeah Yeah, but being mentally unstable you can't bring your kid into the world and you mentally unstable girl that's gonna be worse than goddamn going on deployment she she got the help that she needed she did We're, we're friends on Facebook still but at that time at that moment I can I knowing and seeing what she was going through, like we only knew portion of it. I can understand why it happened. Mm. Will I ever yeah. do it? No. Heck no. Because being on the outside looking in, I know why it happened. Yeah. And it was more so uh do I keep my family together or do I go out to see basically she was given an ultimatum by her husband. Uh, and that was the crazy thing like sir are you serious but now that I see like her she's blossoming and all that 
I don't I don't blame her for doing what she was doing. For well, God bless her. <laughs> but at the same time, I was mad because they have already had told us, like, yeah, expect for the female population on the ship to go down. Granted, <laughs> we pulled into a port and it was like two females going home every port. And I'm like, did y'all not know y'all was pregnant or are y'all getting pregnant in these ports? And yes, girl. Sick, I was about to say, girl, you home. listen, baby, but, this a plan. <laughs> and but, they get pregnant by these fools on the boat, girl. The CEO, the CEO, because what we know noticed was our admin was getting pregnant by the engineers. <laughs> and our CEO was like, I don't care if y'all date on the ship, because I get it, y'all adults. We go out to sea. Because in 2017, we was out to sea at least once a month. It got to the point where he had to start pulling us in the Florida just to get time off because we were doing workups and getting ready for deployment. Um, he was Labor on Day, ice. No, I was on a Bulkley. Labor Day of 2017, my CO pulled us into Florida because we had just got back from a two-way, a two-week underway, and we got notified that we were going to quote-unquote sortie. And we was like, bro, we just pulled in. He was like, make sure y'all got your seat bags packed. Mind you, our families didn't tell us nothing. Cause they were already on their way to Florida and we pulled into Florida. We left early that morning, got down in the afternoon and we see our family just waving at us. And we was like, are you serious? We just saw y'all. So they put everybody on a bus and they sent them to Florida. So we have to wait until the bus got halfway down there. And he took his time getting down there to make sure that our family was able to wave us in. I miss my seal. <laughs> <laughs> like if I could go back to that ship, I would. Um, I I had but, a senior chief when I was uh when I was an airman. I got pregnant, and uh, I never forget his name was C. I ain't gonna tell the name, but he was an <laughs> ABFCS. He was an ABFCS. I had came in. I told them I was like, y'all, I'm pregnant. He pulled me to the side. He was like, okay, be real with me. Are you really pregnant? So you mean to tell me I'm finna lie about some shit that y'all gonna have to prove? That's yeah. dumb. I was like, go, yeah, you can go, you can go talk to Smo. Like they the ones gave me the pregnancy test. Yeah, I'm pregnant. What, what, yeah, like that was the only I think encounter that I had though. Because after that, uh, I had got on birth control. Because baby, I, I kids, no, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm cool. <laughs> No. Yeah, I'm a parent, and I'm saying wow. that. Don't judge me. <laughs> no, I I agree. My miss, my my mini me, she's a sour patch kid, but I love her. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's crazy because when I got pregnant, my ship had we had just finished deployment, got back, and we were in the shipyards, and I was afraid to tell my leadership that I was pregnant. Uh, but I had to say something because we were lifting doors and hatches off the ship. And I'm like, I don't want to pick this up and I have a miscarriage. So uh, we were on 12. Uh, I worked 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And I had to let somebody know because I had to arm up. I was standing OD and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, they were giving us cold cuts. And you know that's one of the things they said that pregnant women can't eat is lunch meat. Especially as the assess as they they were trying to give us like that's what they have for dinner all the time and I'm like can we not get our BAS so we can pack our own oh no we got to keep a certain amount of money on the ship so Doc was like well we got people with certain um uh, with certain uh, diets they can't just eat cold cuts every day well they're just gonna have to pay for their lunch and I was like bro I ain't paying for my own fucking lunch every day when y'all are getting this money I'm not allowed to eat it so my Doc has to 
send me out the room because you're telling me I got to provide for my own food, but yet you getting my money and the galley don't work. And I got to be on this shit for 12 hours. Mm. So they let my CO at the time and my XO know. And when I got to them and I cried because I was like, I just got mad to them too. And, it, and I'm letting you rise down. And my CO and XO both looked at each other and it was like, don't you ever feel like you about to let somebody down. They was like, we understand and we get the stuff because they were both, um, they're Mustangs. And they was like, Hello. we get the stigma that they have. Women. And he's like, you did your deployment, you got your opinion, you got all your calls that you need up for E5, and they was like, and you accomplished all your goals. They're like, this is your life. And they kind of knew what was going on with me medically because I was being told numerous of times that I wouldn't be able to have kids. And they was like, I'm like, I'm scared. And they was like, you're scared. I said, yeah, for three years straight, the Navy was telling me I wouldn't be able to have kids, and now here I am about to have a child, and going through because I was at a high-risk pregnancy and they supported me. I'm still friends with them on Facebook. They still check up on my baby, but the mindset of people getting pregnant just to get off the ship or getting out, that had me scared because I'm like, well, what are people going to say about me? Mm-hmm. Right. So senior, senior leadership-wise, uh, Nicole, what are your, what are your experiences uh, dealing <laughs> with uh, male counterparts or maybe even female counterparts um, believing that, you know, other, other shipmates of yours or maybe even yourself are trying to get out of work for specific things based off of being a female. What are your thoughts and experiences? So, first of all, women in um, in our workforce, military workforce, that make this a career consistently worry about when, if they want children, when's the best time to do it? When are you going to be able to do it and still maintain um, your uh, level of knowledge, your competition, and compete with your male counterparts who don't have to take the time off to have a kid? So there's that. There's always the when is the best time. So they'll they'll say shore duty is the best time. I don't know. Is it? But things happen. People do get pregnant. People, people do run amok, malinger. But I'll say statistically speaking, because there are more males, there are males that break their legs. There are males that please yep. infinity. Mm-hmm. There are males that I've seen fall on their wife needs them. They're this, they're that. So there's just as much of that going on as there are females getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. So that's all going to be management and numbers. Um, make it so that we are prepared for that or not, but you're still going to deploy and you're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So if the female leaves, if the male leaves, you you do what you need to do. You do your paperwork so that you can hopefully get somebody mid-deployment out there, period. Because it's not, it's not going to, where there's a will, there's a way for people to beat the system. Um, as far as you know, people messing around on the ship, blah, 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 blah. There's colleges out there that don't live the life we live, and they are fucking every night in those college dorms. <laughs> period. You have to protect yourself if you don't want to get pregnant. Period. Mm-hmm. If there's yeah. one, then that's it. So part of that with people leaving while we're on deployment and whatnot, then that, you know, they, they just didn't, they just didn't protect themselves because I don't care from, from the from the time of, you know, woman and man, you put us together, 
things may happen with people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So, um, that's always, yep. So there's always going to be malingering. There's always going to be, you know, you hold people accountable. I personally had a had a division officer. She was on board. She um she's prior enlisted. She came in. She was an ensign, and maybe she was getting ready to put on JG. She came to my stateroom. I was the department head, and she was like, "I got to talk to you. I, you know, I, I got something I need to talk to you about." And I already knew. I said, "Come on in." I said, "You're pregnant, huh?" And, uh, <laughs> you go and you have that experience and do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's replaceable. She was, you know, kind of the same situation. I, I, I'm not sure who said it. I think it might have been you, Shar, that you know, for, for years she was told she couldn't have kids and then she got pregnant. Oh, well, then go do what you got to do. This Navy thing will be here. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, there's kind of a give and take, in my opinion. Um, if a woman can plan it, um, that's that's the, you know, the, the better route to go, if you will. If you can plan it around, you know, your career and, you know, your promotions, because life is going to keep happening and the Navy is going to keep going. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of a thing. Um, people who who are malingering, how, how do you prove it? What yeah. can we do? Now, yeah. do I agree that we we as females should plan with our uh, significant others when we want to have children. However, come on, sometimes shit happens because mm-hmm. baby, right hand to God on a stack of Bibles, I was on birth control both motherfucking times I got <laughs> <laughs> Both of them. You got it strong, both, baby. Both of them. Okay, when God say that it's going to happen, it's mm-hmm. going to happen. And that's on period. Yep. Period. Right. Literally, no period. Okay. <laughs> okay. That, that same thing happened to me. I was I was um, oh, a TM3, and I was on the pill and had my son, well, you know, got pregnant and had my son, had to come off the ship, and they put me right back on the ship as soon as I had it. So, Heck yeah, I, I, I had my baby when you only got no. six weeks. Me too. Me too. It's like three months now. Mm-hmm. You don't see nobody. I'm like, damn, you got a new check-in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, uh, my son just turned 18 a couple of days ago. Uh, I, I was a one-hitter quitter. Um, the pullout game is magnificent. Because <laughs> 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 I, I, I ain't scrapping up. Nope. I'm married. I'm good. Nope. No. So, one-hitter quitter for me. Um but uh, I want to get in. Uh, I like to. I like to call. I'm gonna start calling this the T section. I'm getting to some T here. All right. Per. So Ari, chill out. Chill out, Ari. <laughs> uh, fraternization, right? So <laughs> I like these. This piping hot. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all know what fraternization is, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, some some of us, um, like um, Nicole was saying, right? You put male female together middle of the Indian Ocean, Pacific Ocean, eight months, some stuff gonna pop off. Like baby, okay. <laughs> it's undeniable, right? Uh like I said on my last uh, episode, uh, I don't been a boat boo. Uh, I don't had a boat boo, right? Not, you know, sp- specifically proud of that stuff, but that's just a fact, right? Mm-hmm. Um what what are some of you guys' experiences, right? Without saying no names, right? You have to bring up no specific events. Uh what have you guys Listen, <laughs> you guys seen and experienced Listen, out there in the middle of nowhere, uh, fraternization wise and 
I'm talking about from a female perspective, right? What are some, you know, advances, you know, married dudes coming up to you? What are some of the things you guys have experienced out there? You know, we want to tea. Get okay. I've a whole scene with one fellas, and I'm like, girl, are you serious? I didn't see one, two of my junior sailors messing around, and he literally put hands to her. Came in a female bird, and we getting ready to leave the current port we in, and took the entire female burden to get him off of her. Oh, mercy! <laughs> her face in like literally up to her like she a whole dude. What? And, yes, yes. And one of the crazy thing is, at that time she got blamed for because he was a golden child. I didn't see uh-huh. a whole escapade of a fraternization uh, ring kickoff and. Um, and this is just on a destroyer, but oh, yeah, that's small. I, as I look back at it now, things could have been handled differently. Like, like Tom said, we in the middle of the ocean, things happen, these are people's personal lives, we're adults, you do what you aren't supposed to do, you gotta. Go ahead and get up with the consequences. Now, I can say that majority of the relationships we have seen uh, with the boat bulls and all that, majority of them are married and happy with their kids. So it's just like, yeah, I can't say good. I've seen the bad, but most of them were married and they got busted down. Like they got the consequences and the other ones that became boat bulls, they have successful relationships. And it's just like, huh. Maybe my boo somewhere on the ship, but I can't nope. do that. Okay, girl, here. no, <laughs> no, no. Somebody listening. You find your lover. Look, you find your your soulmate on the boat. That's what I'm thinking. But I just no sense. Don't do that. Work. I'm at work. That's community love, baby. Don't do that. No. Community love. I'm not gonna use the bad word. It's community. Oh yeah, we yeah. Okay. Community D. Yes. I um I so on on my boat right now. Oh, uh, I didn't say no, I didn't, okay. I didn't say no names, right? I didn't say my name that I was. I didn't say the boat I was on. I didn't say that. I never said it. Oh, okay. Fair so, enough. but on my boat right now, they do not care about fraternization <laughs> at all. They do not care. They don't care about fraternization. They don't care about no. adultery. They don't care about none of that. It's kind of like if. If it ain't, you know what I'm saying, affecting the mission, they not care. Yep. yep, they do not care. They just, it just be like, okay, cool. Like, we had somebody who actually, like, literally, like, everybody knows that this person is married and he has a girlfriend on the boat. The girlfriend know he married. And they, like, they walking around the boat like they, you know what I'm saying, the, the president and first lady of the boat. I said, okay. <laughs> all right, all right Obama now. And okay, Obama and Michelle, and I said, well, well, y'all need to cut it out. But they don't, they don't care nothing about that no more. I remember you when I came. That's in. okay though. Do you yeah. think that's okay for people to walk around the boat, and if it's not affecting the workplace, is it okay? Is that okay? I no, I think so. like if it's like not a chief and a literally directly under him, I. It, it's a problem because favoritism and all that comes into play. Like I said, my current ship, we actually had a couple that were dating and I still believe that both of them got promoted at the same time so neither one of them could get in trouble for fraternizing. Um, they literally, they were happy, but we can tell when he made her upset because she would bitch at everybody. Mm. So yes, when it comes to that, 
I have a problem with because whatever's at home should stay at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's toxic. That's toxic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then it's just like I can't really say that because when people have bad days, we all bring it to work. So I just feel like if you learn to not, I can't even say not let it affect, but if it's if it's not badly to the point where everybody like notice, oh, well, I can't even see that. If it's not detrimental to whether it, because like I said, if she got mad, she came to work and was mad. But I also understand why they don't want people dating within their departments because you see them every day and that's just not good because you're not getting that break, that healthy break that you need from your significant other. Oh, uh, okay. That's what our exo said. He said, mm. y'all can date on the ship, y'all grown. He said, but just understand this. When you break up with this person, I'm not transferring you from your department or this shift. You gonna stay right there and be in that uncomfortable situation since you decided to get into it. Okay, that's not your personal life is not gonna affect my shift and the the momentum that we got. You better ride it. Yep. So, so and I think that's what a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you get tired of seeing people every day. Like if at um if you see somebody every day. You go to work, you in the same department, you come home, y'all ride together. What work are y'all getting from each other? Not even that Not even that though, but like even just I being love you, but I still need my space. You yeah, you gotta have that space because mm-hmm. my homie, he dates his girlfriend. His girlfriend was on the boat with us. And so like it became an issue for him all the time because when I was dealing with my situation in navigation. I completely just disengaged. Like, I didn't go up there. I didn't bother. I didn't, like, it was so toxic up there. I just mentally, I couldn't. So I used to just stay in the burden or I would go on the mess decks and he's the mess deck master arms. And it was just like, <clears throat> like, it became a, a, a problem between him and her because it was like, she felt like she wasn't getting the time. She felt like I was impreding on the time. And it's like, if you wasn't here, or if one of y'all wasn't here, you know what I'm saying? Like that wouldn't be an issue because y'all would you you know y'all would not be together. You would not be seeing what's going on, and you would be able to you know what I'm saying? Get your break, and it just yeah, it's very necessary to have a break. Because if you if you was walking around with uh, Shane on your back all day, you get tired of her eventually, or she'll get tired of you. No comment. Yeah, that's just how it would be. That's how that's how life is. Even your kids, you get tired of them little motherfuckers. You be like, go to your daddy. Or go to your Style, go to your grandparents. Go to your grandparents. <laughs> yeah, you do. You know what I'm saying. You go go do something. Everybody needs a me time, and you don't get that when you in a relationship on a boat. It just don't work like that. Cause now you having breakfast, lunch, and dinner with this person, and it's like, oh well, you can't have lunch because you got to do this, and now you doing. It's like it's just a lot of problems. No, well, you you a, you can because you just you don't have to be with the person at all times. It's just the weird ass people that are. With a person all the time. Oh yeah, she was kind of weird. She was a little bit weird. It's very clingy, very giving uh, very ge- very mean, much stage five clinger. No, no. When I was, e- stage when I was five. a E five, I had a I had a boat boo man, and she used to work in the. Uh, I was a third class. I had um, I had a boat boo that used to work in the war room. She was. Cranky. Oh, you had somebody with money. Yeah. Mm. No, I had a, somebody was cranking. The oh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, she was no, still you broke. said E five, and you was a. Like lunch every day, right? And I, I, I mean, I never thought of it. That this was like 
you know, a long time ago, but I never thought of it like, man, I'm sick and tired of it. Like every day, I would be like, we'd be sitting on the, uh, I can't remember what it's called, the weather deck, whatever, on the carrier. And, you know, I'd be up to like 2 a.m. We sitting there looking at each other, not saying shit, just sitting there. And during those times, I was like 20 years old and it never crossed my mind. At least I can't remember. It crossed my mind like I'm sick and tired of seeing her every day. Like that never crossed my mind. But now, baby, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> when you young, things oh, are different. That's, that's it, different. You know yeah, when so you young, though? it's different. It's you know, a lot it's different. different. You know what's different now is that I'm older. Right, my birthday is tomorrow. Matter of fact, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Period. Okay, you want to see? At this point, you're my best friend. <laughs> but anyway, right? So, like, let me give you a scenario of me and my wife, right? And she gonna listen to this and she gonna slap me in the back of my head while I'm sleeping or even. <laughs> so we went to uh, we was in Hawaii, right? Well, we was out there with the boat, right? And we went to a um, the Pearl Harbor Memorial, right? And the line to catch the ferry out to see the actual ship in the water was like three hours long, four hours long without a reservation or whatever. Mm. And she asked me, she was like, uh, you feel like waiting? And I say, no, I don't, right? <laughs> that was the end of the day. I didn't, we didn't talk no more. <laughs> right? And, and the reason, like, I cannot wait in lines, right? And it's because as I've gotten older, anything that requires my time, I instantly just like, nah, I'm not wasting my time doing that. Like sitting around, you know, not just breathing in front of each other, like shit like that. Time when you're 21 versus time when you're 39, like it's, it hit different. Like, yeah, anything that's gonna take my time away, it's an executive decision at this point because I'm off. I ain't got much time left. <laughs> shit, I'm, I'm getting up there. So, get out of here. 39, shut up. Listen, listen, I'm trying to, I'm trying to explain it. All right. So, as you get older, y'all still some young bucks, you know what I'm saying? As you get older, Anything that requires you, like another example, right? We went to um, what that shit called brunch, you know. We went to brunch, right? And of course, you walk up to a, a hot brunch spot. What's gonna happen? You it's popping. Long line. Yeah, it's a long line. The ladies like the, the wait is an hour and a half. So oh, this was no. after. So, so check this out. This was after Hawaii, though, right? Yeah. So my wife looked at me. She was like, "You wanna wait?" I was like, absolutely. Right, I learned my lesson. Okay. Yeah, you won't catch me sucking twice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We gonna wait. Very, very smart man. <laughs> yeah, you know, that the second time I realized like the experience and the time with her is different than what I see it to be, right? You know, she she don't mind sitting around as long as it's with me during that time. Um, and that's what I still have. To Write that on your story. Facebook. You're about anyway. So she you know, I, re- I had to, you know, I had to take a step back and realize that, you know, both boos, I think they understand that too. Like, because some of them got to go home to their family, right? Facts. So, at the time, out the sea is all they got. Because when they get home, and you got a whole nother family. All that time is gone. Two lives. You know what I'm saying? You can't double life that shit when you get home. You got to drive home and pick up the kids from soccer practice, you know? So, I think that kind of, you know, that gets into it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we we heard from uh, Rich Auntie Nicole. Uh, I know you don't got some you know retired sea stories in your back pocket that you holding on for dear life that you ain't let out. <laughs> Come on now. 
and they will stay there. Oh, oh. <laughs> listen. Let me, let me tell you the okay. story real quick, Keith. You interrupted. No, the, no, the craziest case that I've seen on Boat Boo Life stuff, it was a first class and a third class, and they got caught by the CO. Ooh. By the CO? Everybody said, ooh. Swear to God, not lying. Caught by the CO. Oh my God. In the fan room. Like in the action? Yes. Your fan rooms be different. (laughs) Your fan rooms be different. What you talking about these fan rooms? Look, they they put it all on the line for the fan rooms. (laughs) They risking it all. I'm telling you, for the fan room. Dang. Oh my God. That's crazy. You see, oh, you ain't getting out that. You're not getting out. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you can't, man. You can't. Oh, I will uh, yeah. and, and just say that if um, a person with some seniority and ha- that has something to lose, like let's just say your so your exo, that is allowing um, fraten- like true fraternization, not mm-hmm. two single people, two people who aren't in the same division. You know, op- open to do whatever, but we know you're not supposed to be having sexual activity on the ship. So mm-hmm. now it's broken a rule. So if there are no rules being broken, um, when I was on my first ship, my son's father was on the ship, but he wouldn't even give me a kiss on the ship. He was scary. So <laughs> <laughs> Nicole said, "Give me a kiss." No, right? No, it was nothing. Like nothing. So you know, so. But so it was if it's legal, it's legal. But if yeah. it's not, and um, if a CMC is not speaking to his chief's mess, letting them know that hey, you know, you better be careful, you know. And these days, people are looking at your emails. You're there, I mean, yeah. they, they just you, you, you may get caught. So it just depends on, I guess, the leadership and how much or how involved they are in, um, you know, managing this type of behavior or what have you. But again, we all know that, you know, it's not just a problem in the military. It goes on in the civilian sector. It sure does. Just as much. So, you know, again, it's a, um, you know, it's a human nature thing and it's a personal thing because if you choose to, you know, to mess with your coins, then that's on you, you know, because ain't nobody worth my money. Exactly. Yeah, everybody thinks this is but, a military thing. No, this well, is devil's advocate here. Like it it is very, very hard to trap someone for six to nine months at a time mm-hmm. and think that nothing's happen. No one is going to be attracted to another because yep. even the ugliest motherfucker started looking. Okay, them the only thing I to be clean because I literally did not try to talk to nobody on my ship. One, everybody was messing with everybody. Two, I just uh uh-uh. uh. I I guess my mindset was to make make rank, like I said, because yeah. I didn't have no boat boo, no. and I just that wasn't my mindset. I guess also my fear of oh if we do this, we gonna get caught. Nah, I like my money mm-hmm. too much, so. <laughs> I, Listen from a dude. Let me give you the dude perspective. Let me give you the dude perspective. Oh, Lord. Hit us with it, Keith. I'm about to hit you with it. So, man, you know, I can't can't talk for everybody, but I'm going to talk from what I know. Man, and and as a senior leader, right, I say this with the, you know, the utmost, you know, respect, uh, 
you know, caution, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I don't have some. I don't have some gorgeous people working for me, with me, around me, whatever. I'm talking about like supermodels. Like you see, I mean, you got sailors working for you. Like God damn. <laughs> I, I'm just. I'm, I'm just being honest. Like straight up. Like never will act. Like, never will act on it. But you walk around the ship and you out there seven, eight months. And if you sing, he's like. And somebody married or whatever the case, you just be like, damn, like, I'm bad. I'm like, you about to shoot this shot. So, like I said, I've been a boat, I don't have one, et cetera, et cetera, right? And to, to honestly, you know, fight that urge, like, oh, man, this is no right. It's terrifying. Like, I, I would tell you, I would tell you, I would never, ever in my life be behind a closed door with a female. Like, it just won't happen. I know a lot of men like that. Mitch, listen. Mm-hmm. I don't want nobody even thinking, like, second-guessing themselves. When they, if I'm on a Mestex during a, you know, multicultural heritage committee event or whatever, cut, cake cutting ceremony, and, you know, a young female sailor who just happened to know each other talking, I have to catch myself. I'm like, damn, how long have I been talking to her? How many people have walked by? You know, what are they thinking? Mm-hmm. And I'm doing all this at the same time as I'm conversating with them because the stereotype of perception is reality. Yeah, these LDOs and these senior enlisted people, they're all out here just trying to, you know, cheat on their spouse. Like, that's a real, you know, that's a real stereotype. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't understand that. Like, that's a real thing. Like, because I can tell you, if I see one of my bros, you know, LDO types, and they whispering some, you know, PYT here, I'm like, bro, <laughs> bro, you got to chill, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, buddy, so you over there talking to old girl for like 10 minutes, bro. Like, what you need? I'm like, Not bro, 10 minutes. Bro, <laughs> the, clock, the clock, you on the clock. Listen. Oh, not the I'm clock. talking to somebody, I'm, I got a time in my head. And so, Keith, let me ask you something. Because I'm an advocate here. Mm-hmm. So for the for the female that you won't talk to beyond so many minutes because of perception, will you talk to the males? Mm-hmm. No. So, so so I'm I'm saying I'm saying the clock is going in my head, but I don't I don't necessarily stop the conversation, right? Right. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm aware of the conversation going on for a long time in front of other people. Yes. Right, but, and, but I don't oh, have that I, thought when I'm talking to males. No, I don't have that thought at all. Right, so, um, for for purposes of playing as advocate, females are sometimes hindered behind that because mm-hmm. just because a woman is pretty, just because she got a banging body, just because whatever she can, maybe she doesn't have any of that. But somebody, but people are attracted. Okay, so attracted to her. So women are sometimes hindered from receiving knowledge, from yes. being sent to school, from yeah. being put up for juniors or the quarters, um, a multitude of things because of that perception. So the 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 whole fraternization thing is is much deeper than we you know than we see it on the surface. I joke about it, but. And I'm not I'm not directing this at you, Keith, but just generally speaking, because I was a young ensign on a ship of one of two females. I asked to go to a, a destroyer, a small boy 
with females. And this is when they were first letting females on ships. And they said, oh, cool. We got this co-ed ship for you, this DDG. I get there. It's two officers and my roommate. That's it. That's it. And the department heads, my peers, the chiefs, the people that I had to go and learn to 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 get my um my surface warfare in from. No one really wanted, oh, you know, let me stay away because we're on deployment, you know, female, you know, this and that. But yet, but yet my department head had the nerve to tell me, well, you know, Disbo, I see the guys looking at you when you come past. Well, who hey, the fuck's no. problem is that? That's not my problem. That's their problem. <laughs> I can give you some feedback on that, right? Um, I gave you the scenario with the clock ticking on my head. Um, but to follow up on that, I keep, I still finish the conversation. I give you a scenario too, right? I was in combat. I was standing in a sick world, CIC watch officer, right? And one of these young, uh, it's a young OS2, you know, I talk to her every day, you know, she's super sharp, but you know, for some reason she just can't get ahead, right? Um, have no idea why, but she's a superstar in my eyes, right? So I talk to her all the time, right? One day, uh, I'm on watch. Uh, she come up to me and she's like, hey, sir, what's going on? I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? And uh, she just start crying, right? Just like immediately starts crying. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, my God. What did I do, right? So I put her into the corner. But in CIC, it's really no, you can't hide in CIC. It's pretty much open. Everybody sees you, right? Mm-hmm. And this is in the middle of watch turnover. Right. So it's like double the people in there as they're turning over. So I'm talking to her, right? Uh, like right behind the TAO. And everybody is looking at us. Everybody. I'm talking about 40, eye, 40 sets of eyes is looking at us. I talk to her all the time, but me and her are having a one on one conversation and she's crying in the back. Now, perception will lead you to believe I did something to her. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But again, the clock is going in my head. Like I can't help that. Like it's going. And that's because to get off the, the story right quick, I'll come back to it, is because the Navy has pushed down our throats and I'm institutionalized to believe if I'm talking to a young lady, whether she's pretty or not, right? A young lady, whatever, that the perception is gonna be immediately that I'm I'm having sex with her. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's the, that's what's going on. That's what I'm thinking. That's what the Navy has believed me to think that we go through all these fragmentation cases, the dorm on the Navy Times, so and so just got relieved, and DFC and they killing their family and they got no integrity and all of that like all of that is going through my head as I'm having these conversations. But to get back to the story, me and her are talking for probably like 45 minutes straight as we're talking about why what's wrong with her right she's having a really tough time and the eyes are just like you can feel them on us right and and in my in my mind i can see i can tell by the way we were talking to each other that she felt it too right it wasn't just me she was like you know you can tell by the way we were talking that we were conscious of our surroundings and we wanted to ensure people you try to do your best to make people understand that this conversation is strictly professional or in some type of way I'm assistant and it's not what you don't want when you pull in type shit. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. in, in a way, I, I can't help it, but I truly do 
understand what you're saying because that that knowledge that you're talking about, I give to to her and all of the other female sailors that come looking for it. I've had people approach me, right? Not to toot my own horn, but this is a true story. Had a BM1 uh, come up to me. I was like, sir, I wish more officers would make it. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, right? And she was like, you actually take the time and talk. Mm-hmm. Little stuff here and there. Like, mm-hmm. I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. And she got two LDOs. Like AFL and uh, boats, boats and they, they both LDOs. And I'm like, nah, I ain't no way. And they both, you know, I know them. Like, they're my boys. So I'm just like, nah, I ain't. She's like, nope. Because like, I was helping her with the LDO stuff. She's like, yep. I know they had nobody sit here and talk to me like this. It was great. I appreciate you. Um, and that kind of took me back to think about what you just said. Like, because the Navy has institutionally put in males' heads that if you are you know, engaging in conversation and you approach a female, you try to fuck. Like, that's it. Like, mm. it, there's no middle ground. Like, you cannot be friendly. You can't be cordial. You're either trying to smash or, you know, I mean, that's it. That's really it. Like, mm. <laughs> that's the perception. So, it, it does suck. It's a double-edged sword. How can I approach a young lady and genuinely make people believe and I know that's not my problem, but it is kind of sort of make them genuinely believe that my only intent is to help them. How do I do that? And that's a real question. How do I do that? You can't. You just got to let people. The thing is, in the Navy, right, we scared to let people go with what they with what they think. And yeah. I've, I feel like I've learned they gonna think what they think, whatever. No matter what I do, they gonna think what they gonna think. And there's it not it's not happen. my problem. What you think of me is not my concern. My concern is making sure that my motive and my intent is pure and genuine to these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, we are in a co-ed work, you know what I'm saying? A work environment. It don't matter, you know what I'm saying? Whether I'm sleeping with this person or not, first of all, that ain't none of your business. Unless it's affecting you and your work center, that's not in your business. But if I'm not sleeping with them, you know what I'm saying? I have to I have to do what I have to do. And if if that means that these people have this perception of me. If my sailors are better because of that, then let them have that perception. They can have that yeah. perception. No, they I get that. I get that. In there. And I allowed them. I, you know, so I'm me. Mm-hmm. I don't give a, I don't give a damn what nobody thinks. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but, in the grand scheme of things, I still have to maintain my integrity and my perception of what people think about me in order to be most effective at what I do. So. Understandable. In the grand, grand scheme of things, I, I do have to think about that. And I give you a really uh, another quick example, right? When I was at Corey Station, I had a I had a second class. Um, had a second class. I made the second class LPO over three first classes. Mm. Right. Made a made a LPO. Second class is good looking. Not gonna lie, you know, uh, she was pretty, right? But she was also the only one qualified. And she knew her shit. The other first classes, one had a, you know, medical condition. I ain't gonna talk too much about that, but it is what it is. The other one was leaving in a month. And the other one went behind my back and did some shady shit to eliminate that person from being the LPO. So not only was she the most qualified, she was the only one left. <laughs> so you promoted the, the best in the most Correct. qualified. Like Correct. that. There's but, nothing wrong with that. You but, got proof to back it up. Yeah, but, 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 the first class that went behind my back and did some shady shit was also a female, right? And 
jealousy what, what it sounds so, like. So what so what happened was she went and filed a semio complaint on me and put in the semio complaint that I was having sex with the second class. What? Yes. Jealousy is a nasty yes. disease. So Simeo, my Simeo, my boy, he walked up on me, seeing Chief. Simo, my boy, right? He walked up on me like, hey, what you got going on, bro? <laughs> Already guilty, right? I'm just like, what you mean? He was like, man, I got this Simeo complaint saying that you smashing so-and-so. I say, what? I say, bro, I say, look here, man. I'm a, I'm a firm believer of what I call take that shit to trial, right? Here go my phone. Go grab her phone. Go ask anybody anything you want to ask them. We can take this shit to trial right now. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all be having the dope clothes. I say, yeah, it's my fucking LPO. I don't want the rest of the people in there when I'm digging her ass for fucking up. It's like I do with everybody else, you know? I ain't going to chastise it in front of everybody. I'm going to say Wait till everybody leave. We're going to close the door. We're going to have to talk about what we got going on. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes I had to break it down to it. Like, you ain't getting this shit done right. You want to be the LPO? Figure this shit out, et cetera, et cetera, right? So he was like, all right. So I'm going to go back and, you know, let her know that, you know, her case is, you know, unconfirmed or whatever they call that shit at the end. Because I don't, I'm not going to, like you said, I'm not going to put my, my, my coins on the line, my chips on the line for nothing. Nobody. Ain't nobody that fine. Nobody. Okay, per. Hey, listen, it's up. Like, goddamn, Karuchi or somebody. But anyway, no, but. <laughs> Not Karuchi <laughs> of all the people. Baby, <laughs> better give Beyonce Janaya her friend. Janaya Aiko. Janaya Aiko. She pretty. Anyway. Beyonce. No, no, no. But. No longer friends. <laughs> my point is, like, that, so situations like that is in my head as I'm having these conversations with young lady. I'm like, if that scenario came from that, like, what else, what else am I supposed to expect? I'm already scarred, you know. But you were vindicated. So at that of point, I was you vindicated. Should, you, you should, you should, you know what I'm saying? You should be like, all right, cool. As, as long as, you know what I'm saying? I got a, a paper trail or I really ain't got shit going on. I'm chill because that's literally like, I was accused of fraternization before with my LPO at the time. He was just a really cool dude. You know what I'm saying? Turns out that my homegirl was sleeping with me, but I didn't know. Oh. I didn't even know. <laughs> right. And they, they they asked me, they was like, Do you know of them to have any, you know what I'm saying, any, you know, personal relationship? And I'm like, nah, like I ain't never hung out with the man outside of work. Like, it's literally work. Like you could go through my phone and all of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? And but I was vindicated. So now, you know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of be like, you know, if the if the system work how it's supposed to work, then you don't really got nothing to worry about. It's in that most part. instances. Now, if you got some, you know what I'm saying, some some on the line type shit going on, then yeah, you might want to chill. But if you, you know what I'm saying, if you strictly professional with this person, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and, and you just really like, this is really your guy and you really just doing work with this person, you, y'all ain't gonna have nothing because you gotta have some type of, you know what I'm saying, inkling. They can't just be like, you know what, sir, we've been, we've been, we've been him your ass up because we think you doing it. No, you got to have some type of inkling that say, hey, no, like, this person doing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I'm still, like I said, I'm still scarred. Like, I'm just like, man, like, I want to go through that again. You know, who, how yeah, but you know, going to trial? That, like, but that was done out of spite. She did that out of spite. So it wasn't, Absolutely. no, oh, I'm really yeah. thinking that this person is messing with this person. No, she did that out of spite, like you said, to get her hemmed up. Like, you can't, you got to differentiate 
situations because you know something was purposely done then i wouldn't say don't allow that to scar you yes keep it in the back of your head but you can't hinder or allow that experience to mess up because like they said before we actually get the back burn because nobody wants to get caught with that pretty female nobody wants to get caught with the female general like for example what i hate i hate it is my pet peeve Stop coming to me to correct female sailors. Oh. Preach! <laughs> I do that all the time. You didn't bypass all, all these male sailors because I'm pretty sure I all of them got to know the groom standards for the male and female. Stop coming to me to correct my fellow female sailors. And then on top of that, it's always the black females that I have yep. to correct. Yep. Yeah. Do that all yep. the time. Stop coming yeah. to me and doing that. Because they be scared of them. They be scared of them. No, I ain't scared of them. So no, me, no, me, not you. you. But no, the no, ones stop us and ask us to do it. They be scared of them, them black sailors. Yes. They gonna be scared of her. She ain't gonna beat you up. No, it's because one, we're not up to up to date on the, the latest. And policy. and that's but that's the thing, y'all are supposed to be as leaders, aren't y'all? y'all yeah, are, yeah, but you can always say that about. So I mean, yeah. Stop coming to me, put me in a position to where I have to practice female studies because more than likely, if I know I'm in a leadership position, what do I have to be up on? The instructions, because what? I'm not just going to have female sales. I'm going to have male sales as well, so I need to know what's going to affect them. I have predominantly male black uh, black male sailors, so I know the no shape chips and all that. So why are you coming to me and not going to the male counterparts as well to correct the female sailors? Because now it is sexism. Oh, yeah, it is. It definitely is. Now that you say it like that, it hurt my feelings because I be doing that. Oh, my God. I'm terrible. I literally <laughs> had a sailor. She came in with a burnt orange, um, the, the auburn color in her head. And my first lieutenant was like, that is not compliment to her skin tone. I said, sir, you might want to tread lightly because that word is no longer in there. Oh, period. 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 I said, period. I said sir, um, it's no longer there. The instructions have been updated since 2018 when they included locks and everything else in there. But please tread lightly because, well, it's not It's not her hair color. I said, once it don't got to be. Tread lightly because it says A. A natural hair color. Thank you. I had a female masterpiece come at me with that. Is orange a natural hair color? No, but natural red is. Orange is natural red. Burnt orange, yeah, orange natural red. Who is a burnt orange? Oh, yeah. a red hair. What color is their hair? Their hair is really orange. A red hair white person. Their hair is really orange. They're strawberry. Like they, they literally have oh, to. Okay. Irish man. So, I can see. Mm-hmm. It. People yep. who are Irish, Keith. Yep. I can see that. I got you. I got you. I got mm-hmm. you. Okay. Like yeah, I, I had female master chief. It, it to me. got to the point where he went to. He went legal because. I'm showing him in black and white. Like, if this is right here, where did you pull it up? <laughs> My Navy HR is literally the most recent updated one. Like, come yeah. on. I'm going to get ready to wrap up. I don't hold you guys hostage for a little while. Now, this is a great conversation. No, you good. You good. Yeah, I appreciate your time. Um, but this is the 1MC. Um, I really appreciate um, our female leaders joining us today to talk about everything that's going on uh, in today's Navy with female leadership. Um, always remember 90% of the decisions are made about you when you're not in the room. Treat people mm-hmm. well. Yep. Um, and we're going to sign off with that. Peace. Thank you for having us. Thank yeah. you. See you guys. Appreciate right. it. <laughs>